I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's interview with my friend, John Speary. He is a quite notable person, so I want to tell you all about him. Uh, here is his bio. He is a university professor and mental health counselor. He was awarded a Diplomate in Adlerian Psychology in 2016, and also holds a Certificate of Study in Adlerian Psychology. He has been on the core faculty and a member of the uh, Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program at Lynn University since 2014, and he recently had me guest lecture there. <laughs> he is beloved by his students. He is a board-certified licensed mental health counselor and a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida, and has been a staff therapist at the Counseling and Psychological Services at Florida Atlantic University since 2010. Dr. Speary is very active in research practice and the theory of individual psychology in which he has spent the last 15 years researching publishing and presenting about this counseling approach he was the president of nasap which is our north american society of adlerian psychology uh, in 2017 2018 and he is currently the co-editor-in-chief of our journal which is called the journal of individual psychology in 2018, he was appointed as the board member of the International Committee of Adlerian Summer Schools and Institutes, which we uh, call ICASI, and you've heard me talk about this on other podcasts, and I, I heard they just 
told us that we're going to be getting together 2022 in the Netherlands. So I will put a link in the show notes for people that are interested in joining us there. I've talked about it much, which focuses on um, counseling techniques and, and is hosted in a new country each year. He has also served as an Akasi faculty member since 2015. And in his free time, <laughs> Dr. Spirit has also co-authored five textbooks, five chapter books, and various professional articles. Uh, in November 2017, he co-authored the book Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Counseling Practices, which was through Rutledge Publishing. Other books include two editions of Case Conceptualization, Mastering This Competency with Ease and Confidence, which again translated into Turkish and Korean, as well as Cognitive Behavioral Therapy of the DSM-5 Personality Disorders in 2015. He has also co-edited the Psychopathology and Psychotherapy DSM-5 Diagnosis Case Conceptualization and Treatment in 2015. In addition to his clinical experience and publications, he's conducted workshops and lectures throughout the United States and around the globe, Bulgaria, Bahamas, Brazil, Canada, China, France, Germany, Ireland, Japan, Mexico, Morocco, Romania, Singapore, Slovakia, South Korea, Turkey, the United Kingdom, and Uruguay. And he was supposed to do a world tour before the pandemic, and um, things got stalted, but he managed to Zoom with me today. So my friend, I am so glad you made time for me. Yeah, what, what, what an impressive career. People are not going to believe when they look at your picture. They're going to think you're like 89 from all that work experience. You're just, <laughs> you really are just a young spirited buck and making such a great contribution. So thank you for making the time. Thanks, Adam. So I'm so happy to be here with you. And thanks for having me on your, your talk, your podcast. So I, I, I said to John, um, John, you got to come on the podcast, man. You know, all this Illyrian stuff so deep. You got so much to contribute. What do you want to talk about? And he said, I want to talk about drumming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, yes, bring it. And, I, and, and so I'm coming in with such fresh eyes because I know from attending a Cassie with you, I had seen you work with the kids you know, because at Akasi, people bring their their um, children and, and there's a whole family kid program there. And uh, we have talent nights and we have a lot of just fun and hoot and nannying. But um, but you work with the kids and you and you do the drumming. So can you just describe what you're talking about when you say drumming to bring everybody um, up to speed? And then I want to know how the heck you got into it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so th the idea of the the group drumming that I'm talking about could be as simple as if you're walking through a park and you see a group of people just jamming out on their drums and they're kind of playing in harmony with each other and laughing and smiling. And um, that's something that I've been doing for the past, I guess, 16 years or so and uh, using it in different settings. So really what it is is just um, people who who know how to drum enough to you know clap their hands or dance along. So it doesn't require much talent, which is which makes it really accessible to all people. And it's really just about coming together in a, in a form of community and it brings people sort of energy up and it definitely is, is a community-based type of uh, activity. So it's not, so when we're talking drumming, we're not talking like being in a rock band and having like the drum kit that you associate with rock and roll. Yeah. No, this is like more native in nature or... Yeah. Yeah, so like it's not so much about structured music patterns where there's like a verse and a chorus and a bridge or some like traditional form of music. It's really about uh, just like um, spontaneous playing typically because I'm not usually doing this in any settings where it's like a formal process where you're like, yeah, needing to do something specific. It's really the kind of drumming I'm talking about is really just group drumming 
that's not necessarily therapy, like group therapy or music therapy. That's like a formal process that's done maybe to, you know, treat a specific condition. This is much more like kind of a community type of interactive group drumming that I'm talking about. Okay. So accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and to your point, there are things that we experience in life that might not be done with the intentionality of therapeutic, but that doesn't mean that when we come out the other end, we don't say, wow, that actually felt pretty darn therapeutic. Uh, I felt really good about that. Uh, so so tie together this concept then of, of drumming, or, um, or as you say, rhythm and, and community. How, how, do, how, does, how do those go together? Yeah. So the idea of like drumming and and community is that since we're, you know, we're socially embedded individuals that by sort of being in these drumming uh, circles, it's a metaphor for like social living or Adler talked about like the realities of social living. And, um, and so like being in a drum circle, you have to perhaps cooperate or if everyone just does their own thing and doesn't listen, they kind of annoy each other and really kind of pestering each other so when you're in a when you're in a group drumming setting it's actually like about like um working together towards one specific goal which might be some level of harmony between everyone and it can be chaotic in the group and the the people there often end up getting it back to like more of a cohesive rhythm um so it's so metaphorical in its social way of relating to people because you're just like jamming out but then you're also having to listen to other people <laughs> you're, you're having to not just focus on yourself you're thinking about how other people might react like if i just show up and i've got like i know people can't see this but if i just show up and i start like hitting my cowbell like really loudly out of sync with everyone else people might like look at me like what are you doing it's so there's this interesting social pull to cooperate with people through drumming which is which what i see it being very connected to like the theory of individual psychology with alfred adler and rudolf Dreikers. So when you start a drumming circle, like, do you bring, like, walk me through that. You, you bring all the drums, you bring different instruments, you bring like shaker eggs, like, is it, or is it all like literally the same sound, the same instrument? How how do you get going? Yeah. So for example, people who are listening to this talk are like, oh, I want to take my kids to one of these to check it out. You can Google and say like local drum circles near me and you can find like I just look before this, like all over, you know, where I live in the United States in each city and each state and each different part of our country, you can find lists of places. In those cases, you typically need to show up with a drum or some kind of instrument or a tambourine or a, like an egg shaker. Yeah. I like uh, the egg shaker. That's, that's my speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, so you can make the, the fun thing about what doing with this kit with kids is you can take like a, a vitamin bottle and put some rocks in it and shake it like so you can make different percussion instruments so the idea is if you find something that exists you could attend some pre-existing drum circle and kind of check it out and see if usually they'll explain on the websites of these groups that do it but anyway what i might do is i might actually what i've done many times in the past is i'll bring all of my drums like 30 something drums and shakers and tambourines and i'll set up in the middle of a college campus uh, and I, I work at a at Florida Atlantic University in their counseling center as a therapist. So what I would do every few times a year is just set that up. And it was our form of sort of like an outreach and a way of doing some community intervention. So I would literally stand like in the middle of a really busy part of the university. And I would just hold the cowbell and I'd say, hey, do you want to hit this cowbell? And people are like, what? And then like they would see like I'm standing right next to a drum circle. So within two minutes of me doing this ridiculous lure in with the cowbell, have like 40 people drumming 
and they're dancing in between their classes <laughs> and we're laughing and we're playing and we're just having a good time. So th there's different ways like, you know, as a facilitator, I bring equipment, but in other cases, people who are listening to this talk could go check out something at a park or at a coffee shop. And they're typically free. You often just need to bring your own drum, but sometimes they may be providing them for free. But I'm just thinking about being that university student. Maybe it's exam time because <laughs> this is going to air when a lot of people are kind of coming in the home stretch. And of course, we've got a pandemic. A lot of kids have had anxiety and depression and we've been discombobulated in so many ways. And I'm just thinking about myself walking across this campus and seeing this young guy with a beard and a cowbell saying, hey, <laughs> do you, you want to play? And how how quickly it would be to get enough momentum uh, to, to get the fun happening. Like I'm just, as you're saying it, I'm literally empathetically, emotionally moving through that experience and saying like, that just sounds like all kinds of great fun. I mean, I can, I can see how that would just be therapeutic. And that's not even if it was rhythmic. I think just being, I think being playful and being asked to be included um, and, and a, a vibe happening, it's, it's already hitting all the check boxes. Absolutely. Like, so one really cool part about that is you might come to like some random drum circle and they've done studies looking at the physical and psychological health benefits from memory to mood to um, sense of belonging and isolation that you can reduce. <laughs> um, so experiences of those like behavioral or symptom markers. And they've even found people listening to music can have positive benefits. So let's say you don't want to drum and you're intimidated by just by being there and the energy and the enthusiasm of people and sort of the smiling at seeing people being sort of playful and goofy. Uh, that experience has positive health benefits too. So it's just, it's so interesting to see how there, there's something very healing about rhythm. There's something that, you know, rhythm has been used for thousands of years for like, for example, in some countries, I think John Carlson, who's an Adlerian author and publisher and researcher and clinician, he went to somewhere, I think it was in West Africa, and he was talking to some of the different healers about healing. And they were saying, well, the United States or parts of you know North America, we do talk therapy if someone's depressed. And they're, they were just kind of like, wait, why would you just talk to someone if they're depressed? Wouldn't you want to get them into the community and getting them dancing and having them playing the drum around a fire with the community and calling on the gods. And John's like, yeah, I guess that's a good, <laughs> he's like, that's a really good point. I guess all we really do is just talk to people as therapists. <laughs> uh, when you see that there's such a cultural part to this and there's, there's many healing properties to the drum, you can see like, oh, there's actually probably something there that's way beyond just being silly and laughing and hitting the drum. Yeah. yeah. To your point, those universals, like how breaking bread, sharing a meal, there's something in our DNA that says that that's community, that's wired. And I, I'm sure as an anthropologist, if we looked around the world, we would find rituals that have rhythm in there. And I'm just thinking in our culture, think about that. I was thinking like double Dutch skipping or when you go to a stadium and people do the wave, you're not making, you know, you're like, woo, but you've got this sense of rhythm with all like, you know, five fifty. that this is of course before the pandemic when we could go to stadiums, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but, you know, line dancing, country line dancing or whatever, you're, you're in a rhythm, you're with other people, you're, you're, you, you know, whatever, you're co-creating this thing. There has got to be something that we know that there is mutuality in it. And that's our natural order as social, as social beings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've, uh, music also has a way of influencing our, our rhythm, like our physiology. So imagine if like, if you're feeling really hyper 
and I, we played music that mirrored that. And then like, let's say I was playing guitar and, I, and I've, I've done this, <laughs> like this is what happens in drum circles. But if you play and you mirror someone's emotional experience, like they're really energetic, and then you start slowing it down, that mirroring also still influences the person's mood too. So you can literally go from fast hyper movement, if I'm strumming a guitar, <laughs> I'm making that movement right now. But if you were to slow down, that actually can influence people as well. So it's really, it can actually be hypnotic that music can like, it can help reduce and slow down maybe your, your energy level if you're way too hyper, or it can pick it up if you're super down or, or depressed. So that's what I've done a study on this uh, for the past four years. And one of the elements we looked at, we used a, a medication. Um, it's called like the quick mood scale where it's using medication studies. And if you just look at the immediate effects of group drumming, it, it makes people feel more awake. It makes them feel a little bit less tired, uh, a little bit more happy. So just like all of the directions that you want the mood to go, usually drumming has that effect. So there's some preliminary that, you know, data we have that's pretty exciting. So how many, so if you can't get out to a drum circle, I want this to be accessible for people to feel that they could do this, you know, in their office with a client or to be able to do this with, in a family setting. Mm -hmm. How many people do you need to, to make a circle a circle? <laughs> I mean, is three a triangle, yeah. John? Do you need four? <laughs> if you researched it, you probably know 2.3 people. That you, I know, I mean, technically the, two would work because if you're just interacting with someone else in that sense, it pulls on that cooperation and the kind of feeding off of each other and having like a base rhythm. So maybe one, you know, we'll try like some fun little simple activities today just to show some examples of that, but that that's a minimum of just one other person. Um, but the more you have, like I, I know friends in Romania that do a lot of this like in family settings. So using this kind of as like a family therapist, like there's ways of using the drum and therapeutic ways that can, you know, enter the therapy room too. So yeah. Well, let's, so say more about that and then we'll do, and then let's do a, a few fun things, just you and I here uh, that we can demonstrate experientially. So it, as a clinician working with a family, so they would come in, you'd have the whole, like walk me through the process. They'd all come into the office. Yeah. So like from a therapy perspective, there's some level of, uh, if we were to introduce this as an intervention with the family, the family was sort of consenting. It's like, yeah, we, we would try that out because I think some families might be saying, oh, I want to I want a therapist who does music stuff <laughs> like they, they could actually be seeking that. But let's say they weren't seeking that. And the therapist just introduced it as a as a as a therapeutic process. It's, it's used for like assessment purposes because we might see does mom or dad come in and they're monopolizing like the rhythm and they don't cooperate. So we can use it for assessment purposes to see some of the family dynamics, because that's really what all of this is. It's just a, it's a way of projecting onto the drum, uh, our experience. Like, so for example, if someone's super shy and super, um, yeah, not verbal, like we might see that manifest in their initial approach to the drum and just kind of like, some very soft like hitting of the drum or maybe just listening and watching everyone else. So it's really a diagnostic to some degree and can teach us a little bit about how the person might approach the world or to try to, the way they might solve the problems of life. It may be a projective for that. So that's number one kind of like assessment. But then the other part yeah. is when it comes to like facilitating interventions that are designed perhaps to help the family towards more cooperation or towards, um, better communication it's amazing there's so many music therapy techniques with the drum and that's where i won't go into super detail with that but for example 
if I were to play like an emotion on the drum, I could literally be like, what emotion does that sound like? And people might be guessing at it using empathy skills. So we can do all this really fun stuff with um, the drum in the therapy setting, such as that, like empathy practice, communication skills, by doing different techniques that pull on these different skills that might be something uh, that could address some of the family dynamic or imbalances that are occurring. I know that's very superficial in that summary, but that kind of gives a little intro to it. But I'm even just thinking in my own mind about, you know, very, say, competitive siblings who are just at war with one another Mm -hmm. that really haven't even had an experience of of a family uh, where the 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 greater good of all can be realized. If you've never had the experience <laughs> yeah. uh, that getting along is actually more enjoyable than being dominant and winning, and for many kids, they they haven't even had that experience. That this would be a great way of embedding that uh, in a experientially in a non-threatening way that they could say, gosh, you know, making music with my sister is a lot more fun than conquering her with, you know, <laughs> with my beat or whatever you want to say. Um, but it, it is a metaphor for how they get along. I can totally see that as being effective. Yeah. It's, and it's definitely not like, a, oh yeah, this solves every problem, but it can be a really useful, I think, technique that engages younger folks, <laughs> like children and adolescents in a way that maybe linear, straightforward questioning and answering in therapy or, or other, you know, settings like in school settings so the idea of being experiential of being um using movement and sound and it's activating the senses and there's a mindful component to it because when i'm engaging in this it's really hard to think about oh i need to go to the store and get some milk and some eggs and blah 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 because you're so focused on coordinating like what am i doing and listening to other people and it it very much pulls on all these like healthy like processes like like again mindfulness or just like moving your arms. Like, so it's a form of physical activity. And as it turns out, they actually even do exercise classes where you're, you're holding two drumsticks and you're hitting a medicine ball and you're like moving your body. So it's like, they do this at some gyms around the world. And I, I like regularly try to find if they're like, how easy they are to find, but they're, they're not necessarily in every angle of the world. But, but we know mind, body, spirit, all the, that holistic yeah. approach where when you're in movement, all these, all these things do matter. And I'm also thinking too, just what you said about the fact that when you're working with a family and you have different um, ages, you, you're no longer dependent on somebody who's got better verbal skills or is older and more mature. Like it could be the best little egg shaker in the whole family is the two-year-old and they're just, you know, yeah. they're right in there, socially equal with everybody else, right? Yeah. That's what's so cool about this is um, I know you've seen some of the group drumming activities that we've done at this International Lyrian Summer School. And like, so you can have a 75 year old who wants to come jam out on the drums, actively engaging with a six year old who's playing some cute little xylophone or an egg shaker or a tambourine. So it's just the, the power that you can have in these social dynamics of like in a regular setting, if those two people who didn't know each other or just like in a restaurant or in a movie theater, like there's no, probably no need for them to interact. But if you come in some community setting, like a university or in the middle of a park or a coffee shop, you actually could be working and collaborating with people you've never met and having this fun novel experience. So it's just, it just shows the power of music and the power of rhythm and also social connection. Yeah. So let's, let's do it. Let's do a few. (laughs) Okay. So like maybe what I, we could do a couple of fun activities where maybe a parent or a teacher or someone could try to just do these to see like if we can do some fun little activity. 
So this first one is, and I'm actually going to put this, uh, you don't need to have a tambourine on your foot, but I'm going to do this to just add to our rhythm. <laughs> um, so John just held up a tambourine that actually looks like a Velcro strap. That's go, that's going to go around the toe of your shoe. That's got like yeah. clapper bell type things on it. Yeah. Okay. Think Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So this first one is, is um, it shows like how easy drumming can be. And the idea is that if you can speak it, that you can drum it. So part of how I would teach people who've never done this is showing them rhythms based off of like the syllables of words. So the first one is um, peanut butter scent. Uh, actually, let's do um, ham and cheese. That's easier. So Good. Yeah, start. Yeah, I'm, reme I'm remedial. Yeah. This isn't my strength. I have many strengths. Rhythm is not one of them. So I'm just going to yeah. repeat it a couple of times. So if you're okay. if you're listening or Allison, if you just want to like kind of do it with me, we can try to do it. I'm not sure yeah. how the lag will be with with our, <laughs> our Zoom call, but we'll figure it out. So the first one just goes ham and cheese. One, two, one, two, ham and cheese. One, two. Ham and cheese, one, two. Ham and cheese, one, two. Ham and cheese, one, two. How am I doing? You're, that's perfect. So, so now here's what we're going to do. So that two space in between, I'm going to add something in that space where you're counting the two. Uh, and you can, I, I guess you can, uh, at this point, verbally, like you can just count it in your head. So it'd be like ham and cheese, ham and cheese. And I'm going to put something in between that. And this is just basically like a call and response between the two rhythms. Okay. Um, who knows how this is going to sound with Zoom because we have probably a half a second lag, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. And if it, we'll see, well, it doesn't matter. We're, I'm all about experimenting and uh, uh, we'll thank Max, my uh, audio record guy. And we'll see what miracles yeah. he can pull out of a hat too. <laughs> <That's> your, <you laughs> and then, then I'll blame it on him instead of my bad rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the ham and cheese and just keep keep the loop going of just ham and cheese. Okay. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. One, two. Oh, I'm leaving only one. See, there you go. There's the courage to be imperfect. I think I was only leaving one beat and you need two, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's all right. I got the courage to be imperfect. I'll start again. Ham and cheese. 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 Okay, so I, yeah, it's interesting. It will be interesting to see if it cuts out because I can't, it, I'm not hearing you clapping when you're doing it, but we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. Yeah, yeah. We may have to cut it, but we'll see. Um, uh, the, the idea of that is like, I'm, I'm basically playing peanut butter sandwich. So you're going ham and cheese and I'm responding with peanut butter sandwich. So like, it basically would sound like this. So it sound like ham and cheese, peanut butter sandwich, ham and cheese, peanut butter sandwich. But we're doing that just with clapping our hands or yeah. hitting pencils on a desk or, or whatever that may be. And so the idea of all this is, let's say you have two people doing those rhythms and then you can add other rhythms. One person can just be going one, two, three, four with their, you know, clapping or snapping or, or counting with their <laughs> verbally. So the idea is if we layer different rhythms together, that that's what a drum circle is all about, that we're, we're doing this like to kind of collaborate with each other. But then when you put it all together, it sounds like this really neat 
harmonious kind of process. And the idea is with that is that everyone has a voice and that everyone's contributing to the overall rhythm. So that's what makes it sort of this cooperation activity that helps us perhaps practice <laughs> uh, like having this social connection with other people when maybe social connection isn't easy for people. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel it. It's a felt experience, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I'm, can I tell you, I like the ham and cheese and the peanut butter sandwich much better than when I went to school and it was like ta, ta, tea, tea, ta or something. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I got very put off in music and trying to figure out the wheels of 16ths and whatever. And I just like, the theory just yeah. lost me, but the actually just getting in, getting going kind of, um, with a few, sounds like a few rules, yeah. like a few, a few, a few structural pieces. Yeah. But the rest is is it can just be kind of generative. Yeah, and what 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 might happen is if we're doing this and it's not as structured and we're more just like in an open setting where we're making this rhythm and trying to play together somehow, is that the the group has a way of maybe giving itself feedback because people might look at the person and say, like, "Hey, are you like not trying to work with us here?" So it's just a really interesting pull that if you do this in a in a group setting with you know, whoever with students or people in a therapy setting or just people in a community that it naturally just pulls on that cooperation. They, f they figure it out. Yeah. 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 They want it. They want to get to harmony. Even if they don't know anything about music, they can tell when they're off or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Wow. There's another activity that's pretty easy to do. And you perhaps could do it if you're like a teacher or it could be done, you know, with parents and, and their children. Um, but it's the idea of calling out a number and playing that number as a rhythm. So I'll show you what I mean by that. Yeah. So the idea is like, say, if I were to say the word, the number, and then the person responds right after with like, so if I say one, it'd be like one, 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 one. So it's kind of that space between the one and the, the, the clap. The way we can add to that is I could say something like four and make more of a rhythm. So four, four. So I could go between one, one, four, four, one, one, four, four. So the best is when you add 10 to that and people's heads explode and you say, well, how can you drum 10? So here's 10. I want to, yeah, I want absolutely show me 10. Let's see if it cuts out. We may also have to cut this too. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> We're trying our best. I'm going to try it. Here, let me do this. Okay. 10. 10. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, one, two. So I'm hitting it 10 times, but in the rhythm of 10. So you go like this, one, one, four, four, 10. So that's it. It's just using counting and numbers to make rhythm. But, but to your point about, about, um, mindfulness, I had to concentrate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I liked it like Morris code. Yeah. So one thing I do is I'll do something like that at the beginning of not all of my classes, but some of my classes, 
because people might come in, you know, these are like adult students that I'm teaching, but they may come in, they were at work, they were driving in traffic. And then now I'm like, ask them to do this rhythm activity and they're like, okay, what are we doing? But the idea is that shifting that, you know, kind of consciousness, it's a different part of the brain, uh, which is a cool part of drumming, that drumming pulls them, it's using both the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. And by doing this, <laughs> it literally like kind of makes people more awake and more alert because like you said you're kind of focusing on it so it really is good for attention and focus and memory because of like that part of your brain that's being activated when you're doing rhythm but then there's also this movement piece that's happening and then on top of that when you have 30 people doing like one two three all together there's the power in numbers like if you think of the you know the queen song the uh, i'm not sure if you can hear this but i'll, I'll try it this is yeah. the, the the queen song that goes So picture. <laughs> yes. So picture being in a stadium, watching that live with you know fifty thousand other people doing that. You can that if that doesn't say about the power of rhythm, like I don't know what to tell you because like when you can feel it in your body, and everyone's clapping and moving, it it just shows like the power of music and rhythm and that. It's also socially pulling us together because we're in that moment together with 50,000 other people singing the lyrics and stomping our feet. So it's just, it can be very powerful. So when I do these like with larger groups, if I'm doing like a talk, I'll always do some version of like a stomping like that. And people start singing the song and I'm like, it's just funny how powerful music can be. So my daughter, interestingly enough, um, did a paper on something called, I'm going to hope I say it right, Frisian. Frisian is about the, do you, did you come across this in your research? It is about the physiological body response to listening to music. Some people have it, some people don't. Um, but that like when you listen to music and your hair stands up on your arms, like yeah. that's there, you know, there's a, a, yeah. a physiological phenomena behind all of that. And to your point, isn't it amazing that we can feel in community with a stadium full of people? It is more than just yeah. hearing the song. It really is about how, you know, expanding the mind to feel that embedded that we have that capacity yeah. to be that open-hearted that embedded as, as human beings it's uh it, you know it's pretty phenomenal yeah i think as the world starts to recover from covid and like concerts become you know more common i think at least i'm starting to see it in, you know where i live in the united states i'm seeing much more of that starting to open up and seeing people's excitement and anticipation of just live music and it, it, i think it just shows like how you know, embedded music is in our culture and that it's also like a social part too, that it's not just being entertained by sound. It's also like this being around other people and, and so forth. Yeah. yeah and being, and being able to create it. And I'm, I'm reminded of, um, uh, I, I went to a place here in Toronto where they have, um, uh, it's like an Irish, um, bar where it's participatory there's you know quite good musicians that often are on stage and whatever but you're encouraged to kind of come up and jam and and you know little kids learning how to play the the traditional tin flutes and things like that and and it's just, it's it's just beautiful and and they're the traditional songs so people people know the words they they know the songs everyone's working together but but what's amazing is i i see the joy in the community behind it and then i think about people that are like fighting with their kids because their parents want them to practice the piano and they got to get to grade six, you know, piano lessons before they can drop out. And it's like a holy terror to get these kids to actually 
you know, sit down and practice. And I think, cause you're missing the point. <laughs> it's like, we need to be inspirational, you know? So, so what, what's next with this? What's next with your research? What's next with getting this out to the world? Yeah. So the, some of the material that I've kind of modified and learned from others and made some of my own pieces, I did make this Adlerian group drumming protocol. So we're myself and a few former students from Lynn university were publishing an article that's coming out this summer um, on some of that research. So some of the, like, I would say preliminary findings that are still pointing towards that there are some themes that suggest that this has some real benefits to, towards um, enhancing social connection and improving mood. Uh, but again, there are other studies that still show that those, those findings were there. One thing um, in the future of the research that I'm doing is we're looking at um, a few studies have looked at the stress hormone cortisol and they found that through group drumming those that that hormone will reduce a bit so like looking at the physio physiological changes something that we're hoping to connect with the how that correlates or how that kind of um, pairs up with the social connection like so if, if you feel closer to people after this experience does that also correspond with the the cortisol levels going down so that's something we're hoping to add into our research and I'll probably continue to do these in, in different countries because I've been doing quite a few talks on this so as soon as I can get out there flying again I'll, I'll be filling my suitcase up with these really small drums that like kind of fold inside of each other and we'll be jamming out and, and some random countries around the world. Yeah, just, <laughs> just thinking, I guess traveling with drums is a little bit cumbersome, but I, but I imagine pretty much every culture you go to probably has their own, you probably are buying as many drums in these different countries that you go to as you are bringing, bringing your drums along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One really neat part about, so I, there's this drum called a djembe and it's a, a hand drum. Apparently it's out of West Africa. And this drum is like a very common hand drum that people buy for drum circles. Um, so it's kind of wider at the top and then a little more narrow at the bottom. And that drum, when you translate that into English, means coming together in peace. So like the idea that the drum, when translated in English, is saying, okay, this is about coming together with people and peace and cooperation and collaboration. Uh, so I love that that definition of the drum itself is about like social connection and belonging and yeah. And community. Not, not just a war drum anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so uh, look, is there anything else in, um, in the topic area that you want to make sure our listeners um, go away with before we, before I give you a moment to shamelessly um, promote whatever <laughs> you'd like to promote? <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think most of the points were made that I, I've, I know I said quite a few times that this is this is something that you don't need to be necessarily an expert on. I'm not teaching you necessarily to use these as like a, a therapy intervention. It's much more about using this using rhythm activities to engage people through experiential movement and cooperation with other people. So if you like YouTube different little activities of clapping, you, you can easily incorporate these in, in a classroom or with kids of just doing fun interactive activities and yeah i think that, that are, those are some of the main points that this is just a really fun way of using music to help people connect and perhaps to pay attention to themselves too yeah well hopefully there'll be some families that are tonight at the dinner table will be doing some doing some rhythms with their forks <laughs> and cutlery on their water glasses making a little having a little fam jam fam jam with the rhythms <laughs> teachers the in the jam. classroom over zoom try it lord knows we're trying anything to get <laughs> 
to engage so and and come together a lot of the students here they're not even in their same cohort i don't know how they did it down in florida but some of the high school students are in classes with people they've never met before don't know them no no time to engage it's it's been it's been yeah. pretty pretty outside of what we know people need for optimal learning so they're <laughs> it's been an interesting year here in ontario that's for sure uh, so I'm going to obviously put up your, um, uh, you know, okay. contact information. Okay. Um, I'll put up the link there. But is there anything I, I, I want people to know that we have our NASAP, which is the North American um, Society yeah. of Adlerian Psychology. We have our annual conference and there's offerings. You don't have to just be a clinician in order to um, have access to some really great yeah. workshops and things. Uh, so so parents and people that are just learning about Adlerian psychology, there's lots to check out there. But is there anything else you want to particularly promote or l let people know about? Yeah, I think just the only other conference that I'd strongly recommend checking out if you want to learn more about like Adlerian psychology or, or things related to social <laughs> social interest or belonging is the International Committee on Adlerian Summer Schools and Institutes. That's the ACASI, and that's coming up at the end of July. It's um, July, the weekend of July 30th through August 1st, and then August 6th through the 8th. And there will also be some free, they call them like plenary talks where it's like an hour talk during the weekday, during those two weeks of the July 26th and August 2nd. So check that one out. And my website, I think you'll plug that, but it's drjohnsperry.com. Yeah, great. And, um, and so the, the Akasi this year is virtual, hopefully hope. And, uh, and a lot is of that is, is, uh, there's a lot of free offerings, um, to some of the key people that you might never have another opportunity to hear. So it's like really a great opportunity. Um, but yes, I'll, I'll, I'll put all of that in the show notes and just really encourage people to, uh, to come learn more about what we're about and see what a warm, welcoming group of people we are. Uh, and, uh, and thank you for your time, John. I can't wait. We do committee work and we get together when, whenever we can. I, and I, I miss you and um, I hope your family's doing well. And, and thank you for sharing with me today on the podcast. Thanks, Alison. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me on and have an yeah. awesome day. You bet. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.